What is up, everybody? Matt Swifty Perry here with the Leader Swift Podcast. I'm so pumped for today's episode. We have my friend Hannah Granowski. Hannah just wrote her very first book. She also leads a nonprofit and, and speaks and preaches all around the country. She's just an incredible leader. She's so great at gathering young leaders and inspiring them. I'm very pumped for this podcast. She's even got her own very podcast. We talk about that in the episode. Her name's Hannah Granowski, and she is not just the next generation of leaders, but she is a now generation of leaders. Very excited for this episode. If you if you want to, you can just go ahead and share this with a few friends. Go ahead and text them over the link. Say, hey, listen to this short podcast. Go ahead and repost it. Uh, we're very excited to continue to bring you top-notch leaders so that you can grow as a leader. So we're going to jump into this conversation with my friend, Hannah Granowski. What is up, everybody? I'm here with my friend, Hannah Granowski. Did I say that right, Hannah? You sure did. You nailed it. All right. I almost said Gronkowski, like the football <laughs> player, so I tried not to. no idea. I've gotten that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> How are you today? Are you are you down in Chicago? I sure am. I'm uh, I'm home. Just got out of a meeting with one of my teammates and uh, doing good. Enjoying. It's a beautiful, perfect fall day in Chicago. So That's awesome. Excited. I love I love Chicago. One of my favorite yep. cities in the country. Yeah, it's the best. I always I'm I'm famous for saying it's the best city in the world, and I truly believe it. <laughs> it has my favorite hot dogs I've ever had. Um, a place in, I think it's called, it's in Lincoln Park and it's called Wiener Circle. No, I've never been there. All right, you and Aaron have to go there. It is the Done. best hot dog you'll ever have. Done. I can't wait. It's going to <laughs> All right, Hannah, tell us, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about you. Who are you and, and what yes. do you do? Yes. Um, I'm the CEO and founder of a nonprofit called Generation Distinct. Um, I'm also a speaker. I'm a new author. I'm a podcast host myself. Um, but I'm also just an adventurer. I love fun and excitement. I love traveling and hiking. And I love just seeing the beauty in this world. Um, I love spending time with people I love. Um, I, I love a good a good party. I love a good a good a good time overall. Um, I'm, I'm dating an amazing guy named Aaron Barnett and um just thriving in like i said the best city in the world so um yeah I'm, I'm really enjoying this season um just just living in uh in this in this way of leading generation distinct and speaking to people and getting to to spread a message i really believe in so um that that's a little bit of who i am that's amazing tell us a little bit about your nonprofit yeah so we exist really because of this belief that we, we really believe that young leaders want to live lives that matter, but so often we just don't know how. And so Generation Instinct wants to come alongside of young leaders as a guide and say, hey, we want to show you how to live a life that matters. So we have created, with the collaboration of over 40 leaders from around the globe, a four-step journey that's an online program that really ex equips um, young leaders. We target 18 to 30-year-olds. 
um, to discover the wrong they were born to make right. And step one helps them own their potential. Step two is a four-month coaching program that helps you craft your passion. Step three connects you with world changers around the country called Find Your People Coalition. And then step four will be an in-person event next summer will be the first one where you really learn to live distinct and mobilize your own world change strategy. That is so cool. That's so cool. And you just wrote a book. Like just like it came out like a few weeks ago. Tell us, tell us real quick about that. It's been wild. It's been such a crazy journey. Um, But the beautiful thing is that this book, I wrote it two years ago and they really, it's the chronicle of the last four, uh, five years of my life. So I'm 25 now. And I had this moment when I was a 20 year old where I was, I was working at church. Like I, I was, you know, doing the ministry thing. I was in small group. I was discipling people. Like I was, I was living the good Christian girl life, but really something still felt like it was missing. And I've always been this girl that searched for adventure. I've always been this person that wanted excitement and risk and this wild kind of unsafe, untamed kind of life. And I had this moment where it, where I really realized my life felt pretty predictable and pretty ordinary. And I wanted to know if there was something more available. And really this book is the chronicle of the last five years of my life where I discovered a different kind of life, a life that was riskier and more exciting and wilder than I ever, ever thought possible. Um, Not one that's glamorous, not one that's perfect, but one that really matters. And it's been the most incredible journey of my life. And so the, the book, it's not, all these how to's and what to do next and a list. No, it's, it's really just a list of, or a collection of stories and and really chronicling my journey of what it, of what it meant for me to live a life that matters. That is so good. Tell us like maybe one leadership principle you learned through that journey. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite stories in the Bible and I talk about it all the time. And Aaron always laughs at me when I bring it up again, even in normal conversation, because I just, I just love the stories where Jesus is first inviting the disciples to follow him. Because when I was younger, I think I always pictured for some reason that when Jesus first invited the disciples to follow him, to really join him in his mission to start this thing that still exists 2,000 years ago called the local church, I pictured that he walked up to these, like, old men in, like, dark black robes and said, like, hey, will you come follow me? I don't know why. I picture, like, white beards and just out of touch with society. But as I study the scriptures more, as I read more theologians, as I really dove into these stories, I realized that most people agree that when Jesus first invited these disciples to follow after them, after him, they were actually in their late teens and early 20s. And these were not these impressive leaders. He, he didn't go to the temple to find the religious leaders. He didn't go to the palace, you know, to find, to find the royalty. No, he went to, to the shore. He went to the tax collector booth. He went where nobody else would go to find leaders. And he saw the potential in ordinary young people. And when I started to understand that, man, it changed everything for me because I realized if God could use 
young leaders of that day, 2000 years ago, to start something as monumental as the local church that still exists today, 2000 years later, then surely God could use young leaders in our generation who are alive today to spark movement and change. And that is something I want to be a part of. And so what I really learned from just diving into the story of Jesus and diving into this book and and discovering this life that matters is that it doesn't actually matter what the world tells you will qualify you. No, the only thing that matters is the potential that Jesus has placed within you. And there is nothing that can disqualify us from the calling he has placed on our lives. I'm not qualified to lead an organization. I'm not qualified to preach and to speak and to get to write books and and, and lead a staff. But because God has called me to it, he has given me what I needed. And so if I if I could say anything to young leaders, I would say I'm a living, breathing example that you that you do not have to be qualified in the eyes of the world, because when Jesus calls you, he will equip you. That's so good. That's such a powerful word. There's Mm. probably some older leaders listening to this, too. And and what is some tips maybe for those older leaders? How should they lead younger leaders? Yes. Yes. Going back to the example of Jesus again, I just, I just can't get over the leadership of Jesus. I mean, not to mention, I believe, you know, for me, he's my Lord and savior, but he's also just time magazine declared. He's the most influential leader who has ever existed. So it, it makes sense to learn from him. And if we look at the way that he invited the young leaders of that day to follow him, there's one thing that always sticks out to me is that he didn't invite them into a program. He didn't invite them to, you know, go out to coffee one time. No, he invited them to join him as they rebuilt the ruptured parts of our world. And I think so often today, um, older leaders, they so want to engage young leaders and they don't know how. And so they, they plan bonfires at their church for the young adult ministry or they say, hey, I'll treat you to a really nice meal. And, and it's coming from a great motive. But the reality is, is if you want to see young leaders re-engage in the church, don't just create an event that will cater to them or give them a really good meal, invite them to rebuild the ruptured parts of our world through your church, because that is what they want to sign up for. They want to change the world. They want to make a difference. And if you can show them that the church is actually where that redemption, where that justice, where that hope should be coming out of, and they can do that through the church, through ministry, through the person of Jesus, you will find a generation radically committed to your church and your ministry. So I would say, make sure you're inviting young people in your life, not just to an event, not just to a coffee, but to join you to rebuild the ruptured parts of our world. Wow, that's so good. Mm -hmm. And and what would you say to younger leaders? What would you want to see from them? Because uh, oftentimes working with younger leaders, people who are new into leadership, a little bit younger, the maturity yeah. level can definitely grow. But what, what would you like to tell maybe younger leaders um, how they can partner with those older leaders a little bit yes. better? Yes. I would say um, if, if you're a young leader, um, we, we are not the experts in leadership. We just aren't. We have less experience. Now, it doesn't mean that we're, we're stupid. It doesn't mean that we don't have not anything to share. We do. But the wisest leaders know how to sit in postures of humility. And if I've done anything right in my leadership, it's not it's not that I've, you know, 
been the most brilliant leader. It's not that I'm the most experienced individual, but I have been able to have moments with so many different leaders where I said, hey, would you have 15 minutes of time where I can come to your office? I'll drive an hour each way and I'm going to bring a list of three questions. Would you answer these for me? Because I recognize I have so much to learn and it is my responsibility to take ownership of my own leadership growth. It's not my, my parents' responsibility. It's not my pastor's responsibility. It's not even the older leader's responsibility. If you're a young leader, like, come on, pull up, pull up your bootstraps. Like, let's go. It is your responsibility to develop your own leadership. If you're bummed, you don't have a mentor, find one. If you're bummed, you don't have leaders to invest in you, ask them. It is our responsibility to find the people who will invest in us, to ask the questions, to make the sacrifices. We are responsible for our own leadership growth. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and there's so many resources nowadays, right? There's like no excuse yeah. why yes. people aren't growing uh, exactly. to grow as leaders because That's leadership's right. influence. Go find some people to lead. Uh, go, on. go, yeah, go listen to podcasts and, right. and talks and read books and grow your leadership and apply it. Uh, go right. go serve somewhere and lead a right. children's ministry at your church or something like that, right? There's always yeah. opportunities, but what you said it so great was it yeah. it's up to you. It's up to mm-hmm. somebody. I think yeah. some of the problems young leaders run into is they want to lead so bad, but they don't want to put yeah. in the work that it That's takes, right. right? They want the platform, but they Come don't want to put in the time it takes to just love and serve people. That's right, Matt. Yes. And so, so Hannah, good. that is that's so good. Your book is is so great. You are so that's gifted um, mm-hmm. at just telling stories, and it mm-hmm. comes out as you speak. And, yeah. and so you are you are killing it. Twenty five. That's incredible. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, I I appreciate that, and especially coming from somebody like you who is an individual who leads our generation, who I view as just an incredible communicator. Um, that means a lot. So thank you. And you have a great boyfriend, too. Shout out to Aaron, uh, <laughs> one do. of my friends. He's fantastic. Yeah, he's a legend. He is the behind the scenes of a lot of um, a lot of what I do. And I, he, he definitely makes me a better leader, that's for sure. Awesome. Hannah, where can they find you on social media? Yes, you can visit Hannah.Gronowski on Instagram, Hannah Gronowski on Twitter. Um, and you can find me also um, on the Generation Distinct podcast. If you're looking for another podcast to listen to after this one, head on over to Generation Distinct, and uh, we have some cool interviews happening over there too. Awesome. Thank you so much, Hannah. Thanks so much, Matt.